This Marketplace podcast is supported by Invest Puerto Rico. Build the future in paradise. Puerto Rico, a hub for innovators brimming with world-class talent and a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem. Learn more at investpr.org backslash marketplace today. Oh, man. Watch this. I don't have my thing in front of me. Did you start? Yeah, he started. <laughs> Hello, I'm Kimberly Adams. Welcome back to Make Me Smart, where we make today make sense. Are too loud. Hey, everybody. I'm Kai Rizdal. Thanks for joining us on this Thursday. Thursday, yes, we are both in the same place. A rarity in this podcast. I'm in Washington, D.C. We're in a very tiny and stuffy little sound booth <laughs> here in the Bureau on, uh, what are we on, Connecticut Avenue? Yes, yes we are. Yes. Anyway, uh, so today's Thursday. We're going to do a little uh, news fix, a little make me smile, and then get on about things. Uh, you want to go first? Go well, ahead. are you going to tell everybody why you're here? Oh, I, well, hopefully they will have heard the radio show by now. I, mm-hmm. I had a sit down with Janet Yellen this morning at the Treasury Building, so got in last night, uh, did the secretary this morning, and uh, show this afternoon. So yeah. here we go. Yeah, good always stuff. always good to get to the Treasury Building. Yes, it's beautiful and uh, lovely DC architecture, of course. Yeah. Also, by the way, it's like springtime in DC. It is it blooms it and is. blossoms everywhere. It's crazy. Well, they just actually announced peak bloom for I cherry blossom that. season yesterday, and it's going to be earlier again this year than it was previous year. Thank you, climate change. But yeah. I think, what did they say, the 22nd through the 25th? Yes. Um, yes. So, yeah, which does not bode well for my annual cherry blossom party, but hopefully there will still be a few blooms hanging on by the time also, that happens. Also, if you're a native DCer, that's, of course, you're wanting to stay away from the tidal basin from the 22nd and 25th. <laughs> yes, for sure. I mean, right? Come on. I took my um, bicycle down there last year, like right at peak yeah. bloom, and I was like, never again. Yeah. Never again. No way. All All right. right. Real news. Okay. Uh, So staying in Washington, big bit of news today out of the Department of Justice, which basically said that, yeah, President Trump can be held liable for calling people to violence on January the 6th. Now, this is not a criminal charge. This is not an official doing much of anything. A court asked the Department of Justice whether or not Trump could be held liable for something like that or if it was covered by presidential immunity because there are several people who were injured or harmed during the attacks on January 6th that are trying to do civil lawsuits involving the president. And so the question of whether or not presidential immunity covers him is going to be important for these lawsuits as they move forward. The court asked the Department of Justice for an opinion. Department of Justice took a very long time to give said opinion, but today has said, no, this doesn't cover it. And actually compared uh, the the January 6th situation to previous uh, incidents involving the Ku Klux Klan. No way. Yes, where they were saying that it doesn't, you're not covered with immunity if you're inciting people to violence. Mm. And so there's a lot more details to it. We're going to include a couple of links, um, but it's it's a very interesting development. And as in so many other parts of the American justice system, often even if you can't get somebody on the criminal side of things, you can still get them on the civil side of things. And so attack people in their pocketbooks when you don't necessarily get a criminal. It's so when you're sitting here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll try not to look at you. I know. I know. Well, I feel I felt weird not looking at you. Let me, okay. let, let me ask a very quick follow-up yes. question. Here. 
So the Department of Justice issued an opinion that says, yes, the president can be sued in these matters. Mm -hmm. But a court's going to decide. Yes, a court is going to decide. That is that is absolutely accurate. Although the Department of Justice could still pursue criminal charges. Gotcha. All right. That's a that's a totally different thing. All right. Gotcha. (laughs) Okay. so that was number one. Number two on my list is more news on chat GPT, which as, as we've said on here before, this is going to keep coming up over and over again. Well, this time, ChatGPT has released its API. And we talked about APIs a while back on here when Twitter mm-hmm. Twitter said it was going to charge for basically other developers to have access to the software or the programming or whatever you want to call it so that they can sort of fold it into their own technology. ChatGPT already had some developers using versions of it in Mm. their apps and in various programs, but there wasn't necessarily as formal of a way for any old developer to sort of patch in and use the software. So now there is this API that pretty much all developers will be able to access under certain circumstances in order to deploy it in various apps. And that is going to be really significant. That means that pretty much any app you have on your phone, if they so choose, they could use the API from ChatGPT to upgrade it. And already there's one app, a mail app, that uses AI tools and plan to use ChatGPT in helping people write emails or respond to Mm. emails. And Apple reportedly has blocked Mm. the update to this app that would have deployed that because they said that the that there's not evidence that there is enough content filtering. And mm. so if they want that update, they have to put like a 17 plus rating on it. Wow. And so this is just going to continue to get more and more complicated as people and businesses sort through how this technology is going to play a role in our life. It's so fascinating. Hmm. And and mildly terrifying. I, I will, uh, I will <laughs> yeah. say that, right? I mean, it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a little, little, it's a little worrying. It's a little bit, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, you got one more? No, nope. uh, that was okay. just Those two articles on the same thing. Okay, uh, so super quick. One's dorky, and one is Elon Musk is a jerk. <laughs> so uh, uh, I'll do the dorky one first. I need to point out that uh, the American labor market is looking at the Federal Reserve and going, "Hey, Fed." We don't care what you think. (laughs) And I say that because today we got a a statistic that usually, like in normal times and in the before times, we didn't pay almost any attention to. It's this this, uh, indicator called first-time claims for unemployment benefits. It's notoriously volatile because it's a weekly measurement Mm -hmm. of a labor market that's 165 million people in a $20 trillion economy, and you can't really track things weekly in a meaningful way in something that big. Mm-hmm. except for the fact that we now have seven weeks in a row where first-time claims for unemployment benefits have been under 200000 which is remarkably low. They fell again last week for the third week in a row to a, and look, this is 190,000 people losing their jobs, so let's not lose sight of that, but it was a, 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 an amazingly low 190,000 people filing first-time claims for unemployment benefits, right? So that's a big, big deal. And as I said to Secretary Yellen today, how do you have a recession when we're adding 500,000 jobs a month and we're getting 190,000 first-time claims for unemployment benefits. She responded and said, I'm still hopeful about the American economy. And anyway, whatever. She said it more smartly than that, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, uh, and she also said it because that's her job. Uh, but I don't understand how we're going to have a recession when that's happening. So that's item one. Well, yes, go ahead. And, and just to sort of add a little bit more context to that, 
usually in the before times, as Kai was saying, when interest rates go up, oh, yeah. jobless claims go yeah. up. Like those things go together and that is, you know, air quote, loosening the mm-hmm. labor market. But mm-hmm. we're not seeing that for whatever reason. And, you know, last week when I was reporting on this number, which, again, like you said, mm-hmm. we usually don't, but it's become yeah. interesting. Um, one of the things that one of the folks I talked to said is that a lot of the people who are getting laid off are getting severance because especially if you talk mm-hmm. about in the tech sector. And so they might not file for unemployment right away when they have severance that they're spending down. Yep. Or if they don't think that they're going to be eligible because unemployment insurance isn't always a ton of money. Yep. And so if you have savings or you just don't think it's worth the time and the paperwork, maybe you're not going to file for unemployment right away. And additionally, apparently there's like a lot of people don't even know that you can and that it's available. Yeah, apparently wow. it's one of the most underutilized like sort of public safety net things. I mean, it's a big, long thing. Wow. So, yeah. All those things factor in. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Okay. So here's my Elon Musk is a jerk item, which follows on several Elon Musk is a jerk items having to do with Twitter and and various and sundry (laughs) things that the richest man in the world has done. He is, by the way, again, the richest man in the world with the rebound in Tesla stock shares. But uh, that's a whole different thing. Bloomberg has an amazing graphics package today of which the title is Elon Musk is so busy. His private jet is taking 13 minute flights. Musk's plane... Bloomberg says has flown the most among some of the richest U.S. billionaires with the frequency ramping up after he added Twitter to his portfolio of companies. Now, here's why this is interesting. This is a guy uh, other than, you know, a weird fascination with all things Musk. Um, Here's a guy who basically invented the electric car market in this country Mm -hmm. and is doing all he can legit to decarbonize this economy. Right. I mean, he's Mm going to take us to another planet, SpaceX, and he invented the electric car market. And now he's taking 13 minute flights, spewing out a gig bajillion tons of of uh, co2 um in the process flying all over the world and as he says at the very top of this piece which you'll read he says i have too much on my plate that's for sure i will also say parenthetically so he did a product announcement thing at tesla last night about their new mexico plant sorry about their new small n mexico plant they're building a plant in mexico Mm. uh and he was ragged i mean he's never the most coherent public speaker at all he was absolutely ragged ragged and i have to believe finally that all this stuff is getting to him yeah it's it's wild 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 anyway check actually, out this graphics package it's fun yes go ahead that sorry. word you just said i think should actually be a word a mix of ragged and haggard yeah right. that <laughs> like that yeah. feels like that should really be a word but yeah. anyway anyway there you go so that's that yeah Yours is so interesting. I love mine. Go for it. I love mine. So Merrick Garland was on Capitol Hill yesterday getting yelled at by uh, senators, uh, most particularly Ted Cruz. Um, And if you haven't seen that footage, you should. Wall Street Journal has a story today. Merrick Garland is a huge Taylor Swift fan. Channeling Taylor Swift, I know that all too well, Mr. Garland said, name dropping the title of one of her songs. I'm pretty familiar with Taylor Swift. Turns out... Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States, formerly a very distinguished federal judge, is a Swifty. And I just kind of love that. I just kind of love that. His favorite song, by the way, Shake It Off. Shake it I off. imagine he was uh, doing uh, that after the hearing. Off. Yes. Yes. Anyway, there you go. All right. There you go. That, that's fun. That's definitely making me smile. Um, mine is, you know, since you were talking about Musk earlier, let's return to space. Oh, yeah. There's such an interesting story in the AP uh, about 
with the headline, What Time Is It on the Moon? Europe pushing for a lunar time zone. Really? Yes. And so because there are more lunar missions happening, obviously, than ever before, the European Space Agency is pushing to give huh. the moon its own time zone. And space organizations all over are trying to figure out how, how you keep that? time on the moon. And there are a couple of problems, you know, that make it a little bit more difficult. So here's what the AP says. Clocks run faster on the moon than on Earth, gaining about 56 microseconds every day. Further complicating matters, ticking occurs differently on the lunar surface than in lunar orbit. Perhaps most importantly, lunar time will have to be practical for the astronauts there. Uh, Let's see. Each day lasts as long as 29.5 Earth days, but having an established working time system for the moon Mm. will allow them to go on and do the same for other planetary destinations. That's very cool. Right? What an interesting problem, actually, right? How do you do this? How do you do that? Because you basically have to decide, you know, what... It, is a day still a day as right, in a full right, rotation right, right, right. when it takes almost a month? But it can't be. And your clocks have to be re- remade because matter moves differently in different gravity and all this other stuff. And and, 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 and you know, eventually all nationalities will have a presence on the moon. They won't necessarily get there by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. They'll ride rockets that are commercial or mm-hmm. by some of the big space powers. But eventually you're going to have, I don't know, you know, Andalusians or something on the moon. And they're going to want to know what time it is in their own time zone. That's really interesting. Also, yeah. for Mar- I mean, I'm a big fan of the movie The Martian and the book, obviously, yeah. by anywhere, right? They call them Sauls up there. I wonder what we're going to call them on the moon. Yeah, that's and that right? that's often something that they pick a lot in a lot of sci-fi novels. They call it souls or, do or they? Souls. souls. Yeah, because yeah, you know the yeah. reference to the sun and yeah. all that stuff. But yeah, super cool. I should, go back. I should watch that on a plane home. Actually, that's what I should do. Yeah. Okay. My other one okay, yes. is a very very cute story. It's about squirrels, and no, not eating Squirrel? squirrels this time. <laughs> <laughs> This is a lovely Washington Post story about a woman who rescues baby squirrels. Apparently, in certain parts of the country, you can volunteer to be like a wildlife rehabilitator and you get a special training and you work with like your local wildlife service and a vet and they let you keep baby animals or injured animals in your home while they rehabilitate them. And so she basically has become the squirrel lady and rehabilitates all of these injured squirrels in her house, especially baby squirrels. And look at the article basically for all of the cute baby squirrel photos. It's adorable. She's in Moss Point, Mississippi, and apparently has become known in the community as the squirrel lady and has saved many, many squirrels. It's, It's pretty darn cute. Yeah. Erica, here, we'll have that link, obviously, on the show page. Yes. Uh, and with that, we are done on a, on a Washington, D.C. Wednesday. No, it's Thursday. Back it tomorrow Thursday. for Economics <laughs> on Tap, 6.30 Eastern. I'll be back in the Western time zone, 3.30 Pacific. There's going to be drinks, news. I will probably not be drinking tomorrow afternoon because I will have gotten up at 4 o'clock in the morning, New York or Washington time to get on my plane. So a beer would pretty much put me to sleep. Anyway, we'll do that. I'll have probably a glass of water or fizzy juice or something. <laughs> we'll do some news uh, and we'll play around a half full, half empty with Drew. Yeah, I'm probably going to have a mocktail. And in the meantime, keep sending us your thoughts, comments, questions. We will take them all at 508-UB-SMART, where you can leave us a voicemail. You can also email us words or a voice memo at makemesmart at marketplace.org. Please write it yourself. Don't ask ChatGPT to do it. I noticed you rolled right back into mocktail without even blinking. 
I just, I don't know. I'm kind of over it at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Make Me Smart is produced by Courtney Bergsinger. Today's episode was engineered by Charlton Thorpe. Our intern is Antonio Barreras. Ellen Rolfes writes our newsletter. Marissa Cabrera is our acting senior producer. Bridget Bodner is the director of podcasts. And Francesca Levy is the executive director of digital. I mean, you can kind of like go on on a thing only so long. And then you got to put it away. You got to just, you got to just, we're done. We're done with that. I hear you. It's like how I don't bother you about never ending story anymore. That's that. (laughs) And I appreciate that. (laughs) John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcast.